0: Holy cow! Hey. <laughs> well, I guess I should say, welcome to the Marshall Pruitt podcast. No, it's not the week in IndyCar. It's the day at Indy. It's April. <laughs> We're not in May yet, but we did just complete a really bizarro open test. JR yeah. held a brand. We did. Tell us about.
1: We were all here for it.
0: Yeah, we've been a lot of us have been here for like twelve hours, and I don't know if anybody got more than like fifty laps in. But tell me about your day, because as one of the the rookie and refresher group, kind of bizarre to th- I don't know I mean, you, Elio.
1: Yeah, F- Fernando. I'm always kind of like, look. I guess if they're making Elio do it, yeah, you got to kind of be okay with it. But uh, yeah, you know, a, a little bit of a funky day. Uh, just to start with, kind of the way the schedule was was intended to work from from the get go. Um, you know, get a couple hours worth. Supposed to be from eleven to one for the for the veterans, and then um, rookies and refreshers from one to three, and then some open practice just with everybody after that. And uh, you know, with the rain starting to roll through. Those guys, everybody kind of just got pushed back. And then, you know, fortunately, I, w- I was glad that we ended up being able to run, um, frankly. You know, I think there was, there was definitely a little bit of chatter about whether or not the rookies and refreshers, that's something that... Conceivably, they can do the first week of practice at some point, you know, give us a little extra time then, but makes a big difference for us. A lot of us are, you know, rolling out fresh cars and and that kind of stuff. Makes a big difference to be able to get out there and just run a few laps even. So, um, you know, sort of thankful that they built that into the schedule and the weather stayed good for as long as it did to at least get out and run around. I'm sure a lot of the other guys feel the same way.
0: So, we did have in the veterans group. We had Takuma Sato go fastest at a two twenty six point nine mile an hour lap. We had I think Ed Carpenter second. We had a couple of Chevys right behind him, a Honda behind them. No toes were in the 220, mi- 220 or so. Yeah, nothing. Again, nothing. We didn't see any. We weren't expecting any big jumps from last year. Yeah. Um, were you just as an observer while the, the? I love that I'm looking at you saying when the <laughs> veterans were on track, Jr. <laughs> When the veterans were on track, was there anything you were observing, looking for? Did you take anything from the speeds they turned, toe or no toe?
1: It's, you know, like you're saying, it's hard to tell at this point. Um, You know, Sato uh, was the quickest, quickest toe time, you know, at the 226.9, I think it was. But um, quickest, I think, on the no toe as well at 222 and some change, maybe. So without, it's funny, just without watching the runs, it's really hard to actually know What's representative and what's not. I mean, you can be coming off of a big toe lap, and you know it'll register as a no toe for a lap, and the thing kind of is just spooling down over a lap or two. Um, so hard to hard to really say. You know, feels like there's there's certainly some quick cars in both camps out there. So that's that's really what we look for, I think, to start with. Um, you know, I think that the biggest thing for sure for me in just watching the the veteran group while they were out there was. Trying to get a feel for how much different, if at all, what we can kind of expect just in terms of the race running, you know, last year was, I would say sort of a significant anomaly relative to the last bunch of every year with the DW12, you know, just chronic, crazy understeer from the middle of every, you know, no matter what you do, I mean, we were running and you talk to guys up and down the pit lane running just silly setup stuff that you would never otherwise even consider. Um, to try to get the cars to rotate in traffic and, and get through, uh, just be able to hang in there over the course of like half a stint in practice, you know, let alone picking guys up, you know, like we're used to. You're used to having a good car and be able to run through a big pack of cars. Um, and instead, you know, we we didn't have that. The cars weren't towing up to each other quite like you thought that all goes together a little bit. You know, if you've got a lot of understeer, you're driving through a lot of scrub at the exit of the corner, it's just not going to have that pop off of turn two or turn four onto the straightaway. Um, So that's really what I was looking at when the veterans were out there. You know, you're always trying to get it kind of keeping stock or keeping track of what the no tow times are just to get a sense for, is there an obvious, you know, difference between Honda and Chevy or, or whatever. But, um, you know, and it looked like it was kind of somewhere in between what maybe we'd hope for it to be, you know, in terms of really being able to pull up off of turn four and sure. suck up to a guy and pass him down the straight. Um, but certainly, you know, a, a handful of cars out there looking like they can stay a lot closer through the corner. So, um, you know, that's, that's certainly one part of making that equation work better is, you know, if you can just hang in there with a little bit less of that, you know, big plow to take the car off.
0: So knowing that the rookie and refresher session was a little bit compressed due to some rain stoppages and so on, I know that you guys had a little bit of electrical funk that uh, kept you off track for a little bit. Every team came here hoping for nothing but sunny skies, had a big old list, we're going to try a thousand different things. On top of all the things that you would want to test, normally we also have some of the new allowances this year, some new, and this is a name we're going to speak about later, some new gurney yeah. tabs that are allowed. was able to observe that some teams, Penske, for example, seemed to want to get into them almost right away and yeah. probably wanted to at least get some data on them and yeah, then exactly. get to their main testing plan. Didn't look like a lot of other teams were able to get down that route. Were you able to do any of that in your... Again, kind of abbreviated even yeah run. we were
1: uh, we were close to being able to get into that kind of we we certainly had that as a part of the uh, intended program for the day, just depending on how the how everything was going to shake out um, and and just because of because of the compressed time, and then yeah, we ended up down um, with an issue that we were trying to solve, unfortunately, um, everybody figured it out before the end of the day, so we at least kind of got the gremlin under control and out of the way and we're able to get back out there. But yeah, you know, this year they've got exactly like you said, there's uh, a new rear wing gurney and then there's a, uh, you know, sort of a, a, a varied set of different options for the front wing. So you've got big gurneys that you can run. Um, You've, there's also a, a main plane extender, yep. which is kind of a came out of Pocono last theoretically year. Theoretically, sort of a cleaner way of um, being able to take front wing out. You know, the, what we're really battling is what they sort of ended up discovering last year with the uh, front main plane and the front sort of wing assembly that was designed for this universal kit. Was that at a point it was just starting to stall, basically? So you'd keep you'd keep cranking front wing angle into it You're at a you know level that wouldn't be abnormal. You know, historically, um, and it just wasn't doing anything, basically. And so they've made a couple of little adjustments just to the main plane itself to try to make the main plane without any additional stuff more effective. Um, But then they've got these different options that will let you kind of continue. You'll you'll crank the wing wing angle in until you need more, and then you can add some of these additional parts, take the wing angle back out, you know, and go through these kind of um, iterative phases to get more COP in the car and, uh, you know, add more front wing at a, at a few different levels. So that's center of pressure, boys and girls. Yeah. Um, the, so yeah, I mean, I think certainly our intent was to, if everything goes well, you start just going out there and collecting data, just making sure that the numbers that you collect on, that you see on track match what, you know, are on the sheet that you, you know, are sort of basing everything off of, um, you know, but that'll just be something that I think as you said, I mean, a, lot of, a lot of us will end up pushing that work now to the, to the first week of practice.
0: Had some other fun stuff happen today. Well, not all of it fun. Sometimes when I say fun, I mean interesting. So I should say interesting. Sometimes when I say interesting, I mean bad. Um, we had Max Chilton, who unfortunately done blowed up himself not a that, motor. Yeah. Uh, and as you well know, there are grades blown up a motor (laughs) there's the okay well there's the little you know the poor little thing yeah it's it's limping a little bit it got a you know hurt paw then there's man that's that's, the c plus blown motor that's the bug that got smashed on the windshield yeah um uh, max did a a mid-track oil change (laughs) yeah he was definitely in the a range yes on that motor uh, uh motor blow up the austrian and german judges gave him a 10.0 on that one so (laughs) and uh, they're the toughest ones too yeah you know so uh, i mentioned this in the end of day video with bordet there's some who are going to say oh my goodness chevy blew a motor doom and gloom coming and you go yeah "Yeah, but all the other chevys ran just fine everybody relax i Um, did hear that they were at the end of their
1: at the very end of the mileage on that thing as well
0: well We confirmed it's at the end of its mileage. We can at least... (laughs) It is officially at the end of its (laughs) mileage But anyways, uh, ended Max's day prematurely. Sky is not falling. Um, We had uh, Fernando Alonso, who had two turns of glory. They were having, I don't know, it might have been in the same kind of power distribution issues. I don't know if that you guys were dealing with, but uh, they lost voltage right away as he was heading down pit lane. So he got two turns, thing stalled and died. They threw batteries at it, ended up being the distribution, main distribution unit. Um, Got him back out. He was able to run for a little while. Things were, were pretty good there didn't have any spins or crashes that i know of which is good uh we had a little bit of rain going on that was a little bit fun beyond that kind of a not a whole lot of work got done day but at least everyone's going home for the most part feeling pretty good that we (laughs) Turn laps?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you know for sure. Coming out here yesterday, you started to see the weather and just thinking like, man, I don't yeah. know. This you we we have pl- you have enough of these days over the years to know that this can go either way, and that there's you know the one thing about IMS is even if it's not you know even if it's just kind of green on the radar, you can have st- you can have this little spitting rain like all day long, you know, and never run, and it doesn't even ever show up on the radar, you know and so um you know I think once once you go into a day with that as you know that that's a- you know potential um you know a, a potential outcome is that you just sit here all day and nothing happens, and if we push to tomorrow, that's weather's well, not any better tomorrow. And you start looking at Friday and it's like God, are we gonna sit here for two days to do nothing. and Everybody's changing flights and everybody's doing all that stuff. So I think at the end of the day, I think most people are, are walking away, feeling pretty good about just being able to get out there and and at least get a feel for it. You know Um, it was cold and all that kind of stuff today. So there's, there's going to be things that are just different one way or the other, but to, to be able to knock the rust off and, you know, like I was saying earlier for a lot of people to roll out fresh cars and just get that part of it done and checked off the list that, you know, you've you've gotten gotten through those initial install checks and you can feel good soon as practice starts on Tuesday just to get with the program.
0: So we had no Pato Award, although he was here, I saw him. He yeah, said he was cruising he's around.
1: sick as a bunny right now. Um,
0: I think the team might have sent out a tweet explaining why he wasn't on track with the late Signing of his with Carlin, basically it was too late for them to request and get a third motor for mm-hmm. this test. So mm-hmm. um, nobody did anything wrong. Just his late signing kind of made that happen there. Uh, also, I know say, your teammate Sage Karam was here. Yeah, uh, wasn't in a car. I believe it might have been some, you know, something similar in that vein of uh, just everyone hustling to trying to get motors ready for the month of May. Maybe not everybody had one that they wanted right here no official announcement of who's driving the Aerosmith Peterson Motorsports <laughs> number 77, but you might have shared the track with the guy you and I both love by the name of Oriole Servia, whose name was on the car as well. Yeah. Um, so we might have a vague Seems idea. idea Likely. yes. Yeah. We, we're going to go ahead and, and half suggest that uh, 35 of the 36 entries uh, are well known. Other than that, why don't we close Jr. on talking about your, program and also some of what you're doing with the program this year so you're we're sitting here you've got your Salesforce hat on yeah. you've got that livery on the car again what makes me happy when i see that knowing that they were here for the first time with you last year is they found value there was something i mean driver aside they were able to find value in other areas but kidding aside clearly after their first engagement they said hey cool this works we want to come back as IndyCar is trying to pick itself up more and more, just tell me about the engagement with them. What you heard because it's important.
1: For sure, no, it's a great point. Um, no, it's been awesome. I mean, the they've got a, a, a huge employee base here in Indianapolis. Um, they acquired what was Exact Target, which was uh, you know sort of the epicenter. I think the the, the first real big mover here in the Indy Tech scene, um, and chose to keep that part of their business as Salesforce here, which is uh, it's the sort of cloud marketing that exact target was doing to keep that here in Indy and continue to add to it. So they've got, I think domestically it's their second or third largest employee base nice. outside of San Francisco. Um, and so, you know, obviously being a Bay area guy, but living here for a long time, I knew a lot of the people actually from exact target, um, just cool to kind of connect those dots and and see the appreciation that, Sort of the home office, as you'd say, has yeah. for, um, you know, a little bit of history and, and engagement in the community here uh, with their employee base here in Indy. And, and like you said, I mean, it's been, for me personally, really awesome. Oh, don't to, say
0: me personally. For me. Just, yeah. Just cause, for me. Yeah, because impersonally, it'd be weird.
1: That would be weird. Um, for me You're too smart to say me personally um,
0: It's uh, There we go, sorry I'm
1: getting grammar lessons and everything well, but you, here But you're
0: going to give me the smackdown on something else As you do, as we do to one another Because it's right, we try to make ourselves better We have left in the Bay Area It's going to be on air one of these days And I'm not editing that out either <laughs> But please, hopefully it'll be on TV And just bring me to shreds Because that's kind of funny um,
1: <laughs> the, uh, We try a good word talk the, it's, it's been cool for, uh, you know, for me with Mark Benioff as the CEO, um, he's obviously a a huge, you know, figure globally, uh, you know, you see him all over the news and he's very, uh, strongly opinionated, but, but has, you know, has, he's just been such an awesome guy to get to know on a personal level, you know, over the last, and that had sort of started prior to this whole thing, getting kickstarted last year, sure but, uh, has continued over the last year and. Um, yeah, like you said, just uh, I'm psyched to be able to keep the program rolling and keep it together and uh, you know, we'll see where it it continues to go. So let's close on something
0: that it's a can. We're going to open it. So you are carrying the number 48 this year with the blessing of the Gurney family honoring the Big Eagle, a hero Mm -hmm. of yours, Mm -hmm. hero of mine. Tell us about the decision to do that. And also, knowing that we are hearing from a variety of team owners talking about wanting guaranteed mm-hmm. entries in mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Indy 500 if they're full-time entrants, mm. this is a perfect year to see the number 48 in place because... Um, socialism wasn't a big part of the (laughs) big eagles mindset was it jr i think little did you know you're going to be driving home the message with the car number this year
1: (laughs) the Yeah. So we'll start with the car number. The, the, the short version of the story essentially is every year, especially as a one-off, you come in and you need to pick a car number. You know, you're not stepping into a program that has a consistent car number year to year all the time. And Dennis and and the boys there as a additional entry to the 24, which has remained sort of a a constant for them, um, have been really awesome in letting me play a role in, in deciding what we do. So last year we were 66. Um, and you know, Fernando comes in and pulls the rug out from under me and takes the 66 for this year. So we were on the hunt for a new number. Never heard of that. guy. And, uh, yeah. Who is that guy anyway? And, uh, we have, we actually had a little bit of a laugh about the whole thing, but, um, so he took the 66. So we we're kind of thinking, Oh, well, you know, you flip it over, you do 99 or something like that. You just kind of start thinking in the normal terms of the whole deal. And then I was looking at the list of just what was available. And I thought, man, like forty eight's right there, you know. Like that's that would be really cool. You know, we did a little did a little thing around choosing the sixty six and why that was an important number from Donahue to Jim Hall, and you had um, your even a little prime um, numbers Jim, initiative. Too, yeah, had a little Jim cool. Clark, uh, you know, nod in there, um, in terms of the actual font and and kind of the reason that we we did the numbers stylistically the way that we did. And so, um, you know, but it was funny actually. Just yesterday, I was looking at my helmet from last year and. I had the big Eagle on the, on the back of it cause he recently passed away. Yeah. Um, before India and he was right there on my lid in the 48, you know, so, uh, a little bit serendipitous there maybe oh, yeah. to, to choose that number. And so, yeah, we're, we're psyched on that. The team's team and Salesforce, you know, kind of working the proper font and style into the number is just, you know, that's the, it makes me love all those guys even more. Um, and you're but, an old soul. That's but man, one of the things you know I love no, about I just, you. And you I, do and things I, properly. And I think, you know, I always want people to know, you know, I'm not at, in any way, shape, or form trying to say, like, hey, this is like, you know, Dan's Eagle, AAR, you know, whatever. It's just, no, man, like, he was awesome. Numbers available. Uh I've gotten to know the Gurneys over the years, which has been really cool. Um, Got a, had an awesome opportunity a couple of years ago before, before Dan passed away to sit down and talk with him, like talk, really talk racing, like the conversation everybody wishes they could have had with Dan Gurney. I think. Um, And so it's just, you know, it's, it's a cool way to uh, bring back a little bit of that, that history. You know, we don't, you don't get a chance to do that very often, you know, so even if it's just kind of a little nod, um, I've grown to appreciate those moments. Um, And, but dude, you know the guaranteed entry thing. Like you said, I mean, I think what I I've had a you know I've been in and out of racing full time in the series. Like I've done some consulting work. I've you know I've had reasons to really look at what's going on here. And just when you when you take a step back, like Indy still just it, it has this thing that nothing else has. You know, it has it it's still. Even without the, the, you know, turbine car showing up, like, without the crazy innovation, without all that kind of stuff that would just put it on an absolute, like, insane other level in today's, you know, modern world of, like, specced out motorsports compared to everything else, it still has this, it still fits the historical arc. You know, it still has this. You, know, you just you roll into the speedway gates, and as drivers, every time you roll in here, it just feels different than everywhere else. It like kind of hits you in the face that you're about to go drive the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Like it just it has a gravity to it, and a part of that is because of these traditions that remain intact. And to me, like the Indy 500, like the the Indy 500 as the spectacle stops becoming, or the Indy 500 as the race stops becoming the Indy 500 as a spectacle. If you start stripping those things back, you know, then it starts to just become like everything else that's, you know, become commercialized and become, you know, sort of work to fit this, you know, corporate model and, a and all this kind of stuff. And I guess to me, it's kind of like, I don't know when I think about Indy, when I think about times when, you know, big teams have gotten bumped out or whatever. Those are the most like, those are some of the most tense, epic stories that, we remember all that of ever them. get told at this place, you know, and sponsors come and go anyway, man, like all of this stuff. I think it's, we have to, I think as a, community around this place we have to pull back and kind of realize like there is a there's a history but there's a story that this place tells and it and it can still tell it in a way that no other place on the face of the planet can and these little things like the fact that i mean i've you know we've been I, I, i've been in positions with ECR, and hopefully we're back in this kind of spot this year but you know there are times when as, as a car that is going to have no problem making the field, you're starting to think about, well, do I go for the second row instead of the third row? Because like, or am I going for the top nine or not or whatever? Because if you get in that line that you got to pull your time and you go wreck the thing, you're out of the race. Like it, it even impacts, it, it impacts people up and down the entire qualifying order Mm. the fact that there is this like ultimate risk involved you know and uh so it's not it's not just the cars that are you know consistently on that bubble it's it's everybody top to bottom it's on everybody's mind i mean that's a that's a degree of tension in like our sport that straight up just doesn't exist anywhere else you know um and to me that's like what are we doing if not to have that kind of pressure and that kind of really unique um, aspect of, of what's going on? You know, I mean, that's what makes this place what it is. You can logically break down the argument and it's like, okay, I get it. It makes sense. Like you, you know, I, I can understand the mindset of Wanting, you know, thinking that this is a sensible thing to do to preserve the sponsorship of the teams that are committed on a full-time basis and all this kind of stuff, but based
0: on a minute percentage risk.
1: But it's just kind of one of these things that it's like, man, you you don't ever get that back, and I just there's there's more to this place. Like we, I think we we really should appreciate and have. A, a, an even higher degree of respect for the traditions here because they are still what what make it tick. You know, they're still what make people come here. They're still what makes Fernando Alonso feel like he's got to do this, like he has to, you know, come here and he'll keep coming back, you know, as long as he you know, until he knocks it down or whatever, you know. Um, that there's just, there aren't other places that have that kind of, there aren't certainly on like major circuit racing schedules anymore. Um, you know, it's, it's what makes the place special. I mean, I, I if I was, I'm on the other side of that, you know, or whatever, but I mean, if I was, I'd be, I'd be, t- I guarantee, I promise you, I'd be t- saying the same thing if I was a full-time guy right now, you know. Jay
0: Holderman, thanks for stopping in at the end of a long day. It's 8.40 p.m., I know you haven't had dinner.
1: I'm going to go find me some dinner.
0: Okay. Well, what are you thinking? What's What's you your know, mind
1: telling you? I'm thinking, honestly, that you know, Chipotle is right down the road. Oh, so my God. That's uh, So you like pooping your pants is what you're <laughs> telling us. I, you know, I've never had a bad
0: Chipotle experience, Marshall. Okay. Yeah. I've had one. I've tried it once. <laughs> but then we also come from a, a region where... <laughs> like real, actual, that good like, Mexican man. food? True. Like, you know, there'd be no reason to go to a trail But if I can understand. If got
1: good Mexican suggestions in Indy. Okay. I'd be happy to. All
0: right. Well, there's a little hashtag. Let some. us know. Give JR some good Mexican options. You're in Indy, if you happen to know. Thanks for stopping by, my friend. Yes Thanks so right. to our awesome partners and sponsors at Cooper Tires and the Justice Brothers and Toronto Motorsports. And follow our man, Jerry Hildebrand, on the good old interwebs, on the social medias. You're going to be doing some good stuff this next month. And hopefully we'll have you back on again for another day
1: at Indy. Thanks, man.